0: Man, isn't this great weather we're having? It's just so beautiful out and balmy and you know, just get outside and <laughs> roll around. <laughs> Colorado does this to us every once in a while. It's hey, it's good to see everybody. Um welcome, I feel like saying welcome back. I mean it's been a few weeks since we've had gathered Church like this um we had scattered church a couple weeks ago we had digital sunday uh last sunday um really good time i hope you had a good memorial day and um it's just i I miss you guys it's it's good to be back together as as a church and um we're continuing this series called legit a series on parenting i'll explain a little bit more in a second i wanted to open with one of my favorite chris doniff stories this is this is like a classic moment from the Doniff Archive that dates back into the 90s. I was about 16 years old. And um, for some reason, we were going on like this school trip, and we were leaving early in the morning and you know, like with a group of students from my school. You know, I'm probably in 10th, 11th grade, 16 years old. And me and my friend Melissa, I was like, you should sleep over tonight you know, and it wasn't like a girlfriend, it was just a friend, you know, like, um, she's like, oh yeah, that'd be cool, I'm sure my parents would be fine with that, I was like, I'll ask my parents, so I go home, and I ask my mom, I was like, hey, can Melissa sleep over tonight, and she just starts laughing, you know, like, no, <laughs> Melissa, the girl cannot sleep over tonight, Josh, you know, that's, that's, that's a rule, that's like, we don't do sleepovers with girls in our house. So, no, you can't. And I, th- I think and from her point of view, it was going to be a short conversation because <laughs> it was just like, this is we, like, we, not, we haven't even been over this before because it's just established rule you've never asked. It's like, no, this is not what we do. And for whatever reason, I must have just been in a mood as this 16-year-old boy of like, and I just threw down. I just doubled down. like I just cried injustice. I I started and and here's the deal. Anytime, you know, we're talking about parenting with the series, but it's really about family, it's really about relationships in general. Anytime that we we get into an argument with people, it's kind of like we have cards in our hands, right? And then, you know, like as the argument unfolds, it's like it playing a hand of cards. And you play your arguments, right? And so I'm just like, some of you guys are nudging each other. That's interesting. I'll just keep moving on that. Um, You know, like, so so I start playing my cards for my argument with why I think Melissa should be able to sleep over at our house. We won't do anything, mom. I mean, don't you trust me? Played that card for sure. Um, I was playing a card like, oh, as things progressed, and, and this is over the course of hours, okay, I started playing cards like this. Because you know, I start playing my higher cards. I'm like, you never let me do anything. You ever heard that one before as a parent? Like, like you, just, you just won't give me any freedom. You won't let me do anything. Which is was the most ridiculous card for me to play. Because some of you guys have met my parents. and You know Chris Donoff. And it's like they were, they, honestly, I had more freedoms than most, almost anybody. Like they actually gave me a lot of space as a high school student, as a teenager. And they were but they, like, I was like, no, you never let me do anything, you know? And then the last one that I played, and by this time it's, it's two in the morning, okay? I'm not kidding you. So like, it, this is a moot point. It's not like we're gonna be calling Melissa, hey, you can come sleep over for three hours and then we'll go, you know, early on the trip. But you know know how that happens, though. An argument starts, and we're like, what were we arguing about at first? You know, it it had gone far beyond that. And finally, I played this card. You always have to be right, Mom. Boom. Why do you always have to be right? And I literally, guys, uh, Mom's not here today because she has laryngitis, but I talked with her this morning. She was setting some stuff up. And and I was and uh and she's like I, I was like hey you're gonna miss me telling this story she and she's like oh I remember that fight that was a brawl, and and she remembered the same things that I remembered about it that I played that last card that trump card of you always have to be right and she's like everything she said this this morning she's like everything else you said was like like basically BS, like that was, it was, you had nothing, but I really, I actually stopped and thought about how that might feel. And I remember her saying, I remember her, there was, there was a change in the argument where all of a sudden she's like, I said, you always have to be right. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to think about that one because that would be tough. And she totally backed, power, she totally powered down and parents, I just, I just need to say this. like Sometimes the biggest power move that you can do with your kids is power down. Honestly, sometimes the best way to win an argument is to refuse to play the trump card. The best way to win in, in a relationship and at a key moment, moment of time, a lot of times is just don't play that card. My mom had every reason to be like, Josh, you're ridiculous. You're tired. Go to bed. That's what I would have done. I mean, this has been, like, thinking about this has been really convicting to me. It's like, man, I do not play that way. I power up. But sometimes the best way to win is actually to not refuse to play the trump card. You guys know what I mean by a trump card, Right? A trump card is where one suit, like say spades, is, is trump, and it beats everything else. So it doesn't matter if somebody plays this, like an ace of a different suit, if the next player plays this, a two of, of, of uh, spades, which is like really low, that too wins because it's trump. That's, and, and here's the thing, we have trump cards when we're, when, we're, when we're arguing. And sometimes the best way to win is actually to just refuse to play the trump card so we're in this series called we're calling it legit and we say it this way we call it legit because we want we, we, we this we decided that parenting is something it's, it's mainly about parenting parenting is something that we want to be good at it's just a good thing to be good at so we want to be legit at it so in a, we have a lot of families in our church uh, we're in this this stage of life a lot of us where we have kids and and we're raising kids and that kind of stuff so we're talking about it and from the beginning we said this series will have something for everybody but we'll have more for some there, if if you have kids at home you, it's going to have more for you if you have uh, adult kids you might not have as much but there's still something for you today is is very is very much in that vein we're going to talk about a topic that's that, that's mainly about parenting but it's really any anything to have to, if you're in an authority at your job, if you have people who report to you, if you're an older sibling and you have younger brothers and sisters, this, is, this today, there's something for you. We've talked about the week one was the idea of, like, hey, before we talk about parenting, just we need grace. Like, like as parents, can we all agree, parents? We mess up. We, we need grace. And we said that grace is needed, and, and fortunately, grace is offered to us by God, that every kid is prepackaged with grace. You know, like with the moment we're holding it, we're going to we 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 know, we know as a parent we want to love this child as best we can. We yet we know we're going to fail them, and God's like, I know, I got you. There's grace, and then hopefully there's grace within the family because grace is needed. We talked about um, the four stages of parenting. Go and put those up. The, the second week we talked about the four stages of parenting. That was a really good one, and that's on the podcast. If you missed this one, you really need to go back and catch this one because it's just good handles for for parenting. Discipline years are one to five, so when your kids are one to five, uh, that, those years are about discipline and, and structure and, and just, you know, like uh, being steady for the kids. Um, the second phase or stage is training, ages five to 12, and that's where the kids start and, you know, you're starting to kind of, you're, they're, you're no longer becoming less and less the center of their universe. They're going out and trying some things. They're at elementary school and, and you're training them. And then there's the coaching stage, adolescence, somewhere 12 to 18, the teenage years. And we talked about the tipping point is basically you, once you hand a kid a phone in this day and age, they're, they're automatically now in the coaching stage. Your influence with the, their kid. There's probably, your kid is probably getting more influence from the world because there's more teachers, there's more classes, there's more, you know, friends are really important. They're out more, they have some freedoms, maybe they can't drive yet, but they're still, they're they're gaining input from, uh, in the world. And it's our job as parents through this period to coach them and and to be, you know, when they go and try some things, you know, like the trainings and discipline stage, they go out and bike and they skin their knee and they come home. That in the discipline years, they go out and their heart gets broken and they come home. And, it's, and then we talk about it. We coach about it. We've got to give kids space to try things and fail and then coach them along the way right during this period. And then ultimately, friendship is the, the last stage, and that's adulthood. Once the kids are adults, this is hopefully the goal in this paradigm is that they're friends, that, that in a sense, the goal is that you leave we want you to go, but we want you to come back. We want you to want to come back, and we want to want to be together as a family. And at this point in time, especially faith is in the picture. It's like, no, we are peers. I'm learning just as much from you as you're learning from me. And that's hopefully going on, you know, throughout these processes or these stages, but but especially in the friendship stage. If that hasn't been established, friendship is hard. If it's still that, you know, I'm above you kind of thing. But really, isn't that the goal, parents? We just want our kids to want to be with us, to have their own life, to be thriving. And how can I? Of course, how can I help? I'm always there for you. But we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's the four stages of parenting. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then last week for Digital Sunday, Christy and I just kind of did an odds and ends like buffet style, like take what you want. Here's some things that we've talked about. Here's some things that, when it comes to faith and parenting, language of the heart, choosing to cheat, be fascinated by your kids. It was a really good one. You can go uh, in your email or on Vimeo, and that's, that's on, online there. But today, we're going to talk about something What I consider to be like the high stakes round, to use our, you know, cards analogy. The crux of parenting. Um, Not necessarily the most important, but like this is, it is is an age or a phase that we don't dare mess up. It's really important to nail this, and it's really hard to nail this. It's called the differentiation. Stage. It's, it's, it's the, and it's within the coaching stage, but somewhere in those teenage years, and, and, and students, teens, if you're here now, you're feeling this right now, where you're like, yeah, I'm like you. I've got your nose. I've got you know, your chin. I've got gas like you, whatever it is that, that our kids are like us. Our kids are starting to say, yeah, I'm like you, but I'm different. That's all that differentiation is. In fact, let's, let's define it this way. Differentiation is the journey of the learning how we are different from our upbringing and social context. It, it, we're learning that we're different. And in the training phase, when we, like hopefully if we do the training phase, like through, through parts of it or most of it or even all of it, our kids are like, we're kind of their heroes. I want to be like Dad. I want to be like Mom, right? In the coaching phase, that, that changes as they start to differentiate. They're like, I want to be just like you. Like, actually, I'm not just like you. I, we're similar, and, 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 but I'm different. And not only, not only in this phase our similarities, we, the kid doesn't want to talk about the similarities. They want to be different. And here's the important part. This is, can, this is a very difficult very difficult period but it's also an extremely natural period it's it's a very natural part of psychology i mean these, these are psychological terms like like psychologists have coined these because they've, they've written about them done studies on them. the importance of the differentiation phase where a kid starts the journey of this is how i'm different than you and here's the thing and i just want to level set it's always painful it always hurts. And, and we as parents, just so you guys know as, as students, here's what we're going through as parents. We, want, we truly want the best for you. Like the par- parents will say that, I just want the best for kids. I just want the best for my kids, right? I just want the best for them. And we really do. But the reality is, if you want the best for something or someone, that's always di- best is always different, Right? We want them to stand on our shoulders. We want them to to stand on the foundation that we've made for them and do better, which means that they're gonna look at that foundation and and make it better. And that hurts. And in our defense, kids, students, because, and, and I'll use me, you know, reference Josh when he was 16, we don't do it all that well, right? Adults, remember some of the differentiation crap that you pulled on your parents. Imagine some of the cards that you played. Oh, you never, you always, why don't you just do, you know, like, grow up, dad, get with the times, mom. It's like whack-a-mole. We're just like swinging the, you know, the, the mallet, like, at times in this differentiation phase. And honestly, there, during this time, parents... We're kind of like punching bags. We just, we have to take it. We're not doormats, but we're definitely punching bags. And this is a high stake round. The way we handle this as, fam, as, par, as parents, but I'll say this, but also as families determines the type of families we will have in the future. Let me say that again. How we handle this phase, teenagers, how you handle this phase determines on what kind of family you'll have in the future. It has that, it's that important. This is the crux. And this differentiation phase differs, ironically, for each kid. Each differentiation is different. You know, it, it has to do with, with, like, gender plays a role. Like, the, the, the differentiation phase, if you have a daughter, might start quicker for the mom than it does for the dad. I think she's great. I think she's with us. And the mom's like, are you kidding me? She's pushing on everything I say. And then as soon as you say it, she's like, oh, okay. That's, part, that's the differentiation. Everybody's laughing because this is true. You know, and, and we did it, you know, we were closer to our mom, we were closer to our dad. Uh, the second born thing, first born thing, that's real life. This is differentiation, first born, if you're first born, you're probably a pleaser. You're like, oh, the rule, here's the rule, I can keep the rule. And the second born is like, bah, rules? I can, I can do it better than you. you know, and they push. They push. And it's not always the case. You know, some, for some kids, it comes later. Some kids, if, they, you know, if they're quieter, it doesn't come till later in life, but it has to come. Otherwise, bad things happen. Sometimes it's loud. Kids yell. Kids, you know, they, they, they battle. Sometimes it's passive-aggressive and really quiet, and you don't know what they're thinking. It's driving you crazy. As parents, this can be an extraordinarily painful time. But if we, because we want better for our kids and better means different. And during this age of differentiation, it's, it's important to note, both the parents and the kids have Trump cards. And let me explain. The parents have the, the, the age-old Trump's card, that, which is basically, because I said so. I have the authority, so you're grounded. I get the phone, you can't drive, whatever, stop, go to bed. And, and basically, like, and then if you're a Christian, it can be fueled, you know, biblically, too. Like, honor your father and mother. That is a trump card. You know what? All of this, just honor your father and mother. Oh, you, know, you dishonored your mom. You know, like, boom, go to your room. Like, like we can play that card, and that's a trump card. And, and, and it's like, you know, like, it's, it's in the Bible honor your father and the mother. It's like the fourth commandment, it's the fifth commandment. It's in the Ten Commandments. Go to your room, you know? To, to play not to play that card too often but kids here's the thing you have your own trump card during that time oh you're going to do play it that way and and you check out right you you play it cool On vacation with me i mean i guess that'd be cool you know i i, I don't really want to go like, like, you guys have so much control, and you have cards that you can play, like, and, and, and honestly, it's just like, there comes a point in time where you're old enough in this age, it's like, fine, you want to play it that way? I'm leaving. I'm out. Mic drop, I'm gone. And some of us did that. Some of us, in, our, in one way, physically we did that, like, we actually left, we ran away from home, or like, 18 came, and we couldn't get out the door fast enough, Right? And some of us just, you know, like, like, like started living a life without our parents. See, we both have trump cards. And here's the thing. We have to refuse. If we want good family, we have to make sure we're not on one of those extremes. Because there's, there's two types of culture. And I promise we're going to get to the Bible, but this is, I am going to like we're ending with the Bible today. But here's the thing. There's two types of culture. I read this in a book and I thought this was really good. There's honoring culture, and then there's leaving culture. Everybody say honoring culture. Honoring culture is that Eastern culture. It's, it's, it's family and tradition are to be protected and preserved at all costs. It's, it's the culture that we see in the Bible. If you're familiar with New Testament, Old Testament times, that's a very traditional honoring culture. And then there's leaving culture. And leaving culture... Right? You only find liberty and you only liber- by, setting, by, by, it's found by setting aside the past and the traditions and going against them. And if we go to either, the, the, the goal for good family is you don't live in one or the other. We're, we're, we're somewhere in the middle. We, we're an honoring family. We honor our past. We honor our traditions. The kids honor their parents, but they have a voice and they can push. And the parents don't just say, "Go to your room because I said so." Thus saith the Lord. Those trump cards, and on the flip side, the the, the kids are not just like this. Well, then, out with the old and in with the new, because here we all know that the pitfalls of either sides—the out with the old, in with the new—that creates incredible bias, discrimination. And honestly, it leads to all sorts of folly and foolishness because you can't trust anybody that raised you. You can't trust anybody who's older than you. So it's just, it's, you're, you're really, if you think about it, you're on your own. In that, uh, that um, leaving culture, it's like, no, I'm going to strike out on my own and it's going to be great. And you don't have, your foundation's gone. On the flip side, the downfalls of the extreme of the honoring side is, is like you just put them on your thumb. You're stifling them. You're stifling an innovation. There's a, a, a lot of times failure to launch. This is the classic failure to launch. They did like, I don't know. They just won't leave. They can't get a job. They can't whatever. And, and a lot of that is because it's a, a lot of times that's directly because it's been an honoring culture. This is how it's said. This is how it goes and how I say it goes. And then they just, they, there's a failure to launch, and that leads to pride and power trips. Oh my gosh, we know that one all too well. And ironically, they, both of them both of them lead to self-centeredness. That's what I say. I, I know what's best. Instead of a family working together. And some of you, every, as I'm saying this, every single one of us is thinking about our current family, our family of origin, families that we've seen, right? We know this to be true. Both lead, the extremes lead to bad family. And, and I just want to level set. We are firmly in the leaving culture, in, in this culture. Our impulse is to celebrate the rejection of things, to shake the dust off of our feet of our hometown and kick it to the curb and go prove ourselves to the world, right? That, that's, that's where it goes. And, and um, I don't know where it comes from. Blame it on our Americanism. I blame it on like, high school graduation speeches. I've heard a couple of those recently, like follow your dreams and you can do anything and a bunch of other crap that you'd stitch on a pillow. You know? I I like just, you can attest to this. I I so badly wanna speak at a graduation someday and just be like, the title of my message is, you're gonna fail. Wouldn't that be great? The adults are like, amen. Like, like they preach it. Like, like, and, and it would end well, okay? It'd bring them back up at the end. But, this, you know, that's, honestly, it's like this is our culture. You can blame it on Pixar, Disney. I mean, think, no, but think about this for a second. Aladdin, Moana, The Mer, Little Mermaid, The Lion King, all of them, are. they all leave. They all leave their family. They all leave their culture because their culture is too stifling. We're firmly in a leaving culture. Almost any coming of age story that that we are consuming right now is about leaving. And we need to know that. Students, you need to know that there's a heavy message of like, you want to do well in life? Screw your family. Put them behind you and, and forge your own. And it's just not good. It's just not leading to where... It won't lead to happiness. We, the, the way to happiness is in the middle ground. It's, it's somewhere in the middle. We have to come to grips with the fact that, that leaving is cool. Leaving is the thing right now. And our challenge is to find the ground just like Jesus. Catch this. This is, this is really interesting. Jesus differentiated... We forget about this because like, we don't have much of the Jesus during the kid years, right? We got baby Jesus and we got adult Jesus. We don't have pimple Jesus, you know, and maybe we don't want pimple Jesus. I don't know, but like we actually, what's really interesting is we do, have, we do have one story from pimple Jesus when he was a kid. Do you guys remember it? It's a story of differentiation. That's the one I'm getting to next. And that's a big story of differentiation. The, the first one is he's in, he's, they go to the temple, as, as the Jews did. They went to the, the festivals m- multiple times a year. So they go up to Jerusalem. And it's this huge carnival story. Like it's this huge carnival atmosphere. I mean, it's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's like summer vacation to go to you know, the, it's like Christmas. It's like, whoa, we're going to the temple. There's lots of people. It's great energy. You get to eat lots of good food, that kind of stuff, right? So they go, and there's all these people, around, And they probably f- traveled in family groups, so there was this, it was kind of like a family reunion traveling together. Well, somehow Jesus gets lost. They, they go to the, the festival for a week or so, and then they're leaving, and Jesus gets lost. You guys remember this? Now the Bible doesn't have this, but can you imagine what those conversations look like between Mary and Joseph? And you know, like Mary saying to Joseph, "You lost the Son of God." He's like, "No, no, no, it's not my son. It's your, that's your son." You know, like they, you know, like it's probably like all sorts of, you know, like like no, you, no, you, you lost the Messiah. You know, we got to go back. You know, so they go back, and they, where do they find Jesus? They find Jesus in the temple, teaching. Which is like it's hard. That is something that an American movie would have, not an anxious Jewish movie, because it's honor, it's about tradition, it's about elders, it's about you know. And this kid is teaching the like all of these teachers of the law, and makes out like, oh, don't you ever do that to me again. Scoops him up in his arms, and 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 Jesus says this. Don't you know that I would that I'd be in my father's house. He's differentiating. He's saying, you know, Mary, Mary, you have to remember my purpose on this world is not just to be your son. And he calmly, like, like so differentiate, like Jesus different, even in the Trinity, there's differentiation within the Trinity. This, this this theological idea that we as Christians have that there's one God, it's a very mysterious Uh, uh, point of theology that God is one being in three persons and that those three persons there's actually authority within that God the father uh, the the son submits to the father the, the spirit submits to the son and they're in this relationship together of give and take for eternity they're in this perfect union of being different and then the last one it's the first miracle that Jesus ever did, the wedding at Cana. And i never thought about this in this context until the, prepping this sermon. And I read it somewhere. I was like, oh my gosh, this is differentiation. Jesus is at this wedding with his disciples. This is in John chapter 2. So it's like he hasn't really done anything yet, right? And, and, and that's, he's gotten some disciples. Nobody knows him as the miracle worker. And he's at this wedding, and a huge faux pas happens. Huge taboo. They run out of wine. Like way early in the wedding. They run out of wine. And Mary sees the problem and goes to her son, the Messiah, and says, hey, you need to do something about this. And Jesus says, woman, it is not my time. She just ignores him. She just totally is like, okay, and goes to the, the, you know, the steward of the, the wedding and is like, do whatever he says and he'll fix the wine problem. And she just totally pushes his hand. And we see this tension, this give and take. It is like, I, we got to take Jesus at his word. It wasn't his time. And yet he's willing to honor his mother. And that's the first miracle that's ever recorded That Jesus did. See the give and take? See the middle of the road? See how neither of them are going to extremes? That's what we need to do. Sometimes the best way to win in family is to refuse to play the trump card. And in our families, if we can find a way to that middle ground, it will lead to good family. One last story from the New Testament that has differentiation at the heart of it. It's a story you know. It's a parable. It's good because we just did that series on parables and I wanted to get to this parable and didn't get a chance. Turns out I know why now. It's today. Luke 15. There's a, a father who had two sons. And the youngest son comes to him, comes to the father and says, Dad, I want my inheritance now. Differentiation, right? Like, like I'm different than you, but I'm going to take my stuff from you because I, I deserve it because I'm your son, but I'm different than you and I'm going to go, like, like, give it to me. Which is the ancient way equivalent of saying, Dad, drop dead. It's the modern equivalent of saying "dad dropped." I mean, like it, it, that's and there's some differences in how they allotted money and in inheritance from now to them. But in both contexts, if you went to your dad, students, if you went to your dad right now, be like, "Hey, uh, you know, how much? Let's talk inheritance for a second. How much? Let's talk turkey, dad." You know, and he said, "All right, I want it." That would be incredibly insulting, and the father who's got a handful of cards. To say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the youngest, I'm not dead, very much alive, you know, just like, like he could just go on and on and on. And, and, and I love how I heard this said once, the, the father who's very wise knows that sometimes even though somebody's here, they're not here. There was a relationship. We don't know the background, but there was a distance between the father and the son that probably had been happening for a while. And there's times in relationships where the quickest way for somebody to come home is for them to leave. And so he said, amazingly, and this would have shocked Jesus' audience as he was telling them this, the father gave the son his inheritance and the sun goes off and squanders it on wild living partying goes to a distant land falls falls into destitution i mean it happens within like a verse it's like he's just lost it all gambled it all away finds himself as a as a jewish young a young jewish man shoveling pods of, of rotten food to pigs and being envious of what they have to eat. And it hits him. How many, in my father's house, how many, how many servants eat way better than this? I'm jealous of a pig right now. This is horrible. I don't like my life. And he decides he's going to go home. And on his, on his way home, he starts to practice what he's going to say to the father when the father comes. And he has to encounter, you, you've been in those moments where it's just like, The last time we were together was not good. What do I need need to say first? We've all been there. So he's rehearsing his speech. And Jesus in the parable says, the father saw the young man off in the distance because he's looking and watching for him. He's not going to run after him. He's not codependent. He's not not a mat, right? He's not going to get walked on. You want to go live your life? Go live your life. But I'm ready for you to come home whenever you're ready to come home. He's watching for the son. And he runs to him. And he refuses to play the trump card. How, he, he refuses to say, I told you so. And parents, that's our job. There are so many times where we were right the whole time, and there's plenty of times where we're wrong. That's a different sermon. But sometimes when we're right, we need to refrain from playing the trump card and offer grace. And even though your 16-year-old kid's telling you, 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 you're you're always right, and, and that's not true, you still say, you're giving me something to think about. And he welcomes his son, puts a ring on his finger, clothes him, and says, let's have a party. If God doesn't always play his trump card with us, is it possible that we can not always play the trump card with each other? talked about jesus he differentiated he stood up he was not a doormat ever and yet he died on the cross to bring us home so that we can actually come home we can differentiate from god like 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 differentiation has a place in faith too we can push on god and he can take it he's our heavenly father and if you've been pushing on him, you've been pushing him away, you know you can come home at any time. And because of the cross, he won't play the trump card. He will welcome you home, and we can be in his family. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't, this is so theological. This is so deep and beautiful what God has made in this life, what God has done for us, and what God has called us to as families, as people in relationship with one another. Let's be the people who don't always play the trump card. Amen. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for these insights I thank you so much for Jesus Christ who, who we, would, we would just be at a loss without you, Jesus. We would be grasping at straws if you hadn't come and showed us how to live life, how to play this hand of cards that we've been dealt. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for these stories that just stick with us. Help us to step into them. Lord, in those moments where we're busy, we're doing family, things are crazy, give us grace. As parents, let us be filled with grace and and tempered with with mercy. As students, Lord, as we learn that that we are different, pray that we wouldn't rage, that we do so in a way that honors while we differentiate. And Lord, ultimately, the, the end result that we would be able to be families that love each other well. Lord, for those of us in the room that are just hurting right now, we hear this and our heart aches a little bit because we missed the boat, we didn't do this. Would, you, would, you just, would, would, would that person feel grace this morning from you? And Lord, if, if there's anything that they can do to extend grace to their family and, and bring it back, Lord, I pray that you give them the the clarity and the wisdom to know what that is and then you give them the courage to go and do it. Not just for our goodness, but for your glory. For your name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.